Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well. It seems as though the first day of fall is here, not according to the calendar, but Labor Day was yesterday, so it is now September, was it September 8th? Tuesday, September 8th, so we are starting fall stuff. Uh, fall stuff is starting this week at Abiding Grace, and uh, fall is here. Even the weather in Texas is starting to cool down, so happy fall, everybody, and today... As we start fall, we're going to start a new series, a two-part series on the rapture, the tribulation, and other end-time stuff, what the Bible says about the end times, and kind of talk about kind of some of the common stuff that we talk about in the American culture about the, the end times. So that's what we're going to talk about today and on Thursday. So thank you for joining me today and for making this part of your day. Hope uh, hope this is interesting to you. Hope you learned some things. And if you have questions, please comment or, or send me a message and let me know, and I'd be happy to answer your questions the best I can. Well, let's start with the rapture, the rapture. So the rapture is something that has probably became a bit more popular in culture recently uh, with the Left Behind series, maybe the last 30 years or so. The rapture is something, this idea where Christians are just going to kind of vanish. They're going to float away. Uh, and so where does this come from? And uh, what is it all about? So we're going to spend the next few minutes just talking about the rapture, all about the rapture. So uh, get your pencils and paper and uh, ready. And uh, if you have questions, like I said, send me a message or uh, make a comment and be happy to uh, answer your question to the best of my ability uh, here as we talk about the rapture. Okay, so what is the rapture? What is the rapture? The rapper is an eschatological concept. Uh, eschatology is the study of the end times. So it's basically a a concept about the end times. What is it and where does it come from? So it's important to know that the rapture is something that only a minority of Christians uh, believe in, our concept uh, only a minority believe in, particularly within branches of American evangelicalism. Uh, so consisting of an end time event wherein all Christian believers who are alive, along with resurrected believers, will rise in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So uh, where does this come from? And what do people actually believe? I went to high school at kind of a theologically conservative high school where this was taught. And, and we had one teacher who uh, basically was saying that it's going to happen and it's going to happen very soon to the point where one Friday when I left school, I'm like, we're going to be raptured this weekend. I don't even know if I'm going to do my homework. Right. Because it was just like this. It's so imminent. It's going to happen. Uh, and I don't know what it's going to. And so I was like, I spent most of the weekend outside because if I floated away, I didn't want to, you know, hit my head on the ceiling. And, you know, so it's it's one of those things where it's very prevalent and people talk about it a lot. Uh, and so what is the rapture? Well, the rapture is not actually a word that's in the Bible. It's not actually in the Bible. Uh, the notion of the rapture or the sudden snatching up of Christians into the air was first kind of created or first talked about in the way that we understand it now in the 1830s by a British preacher named John Nelson Darby, who was the founder of the Plymouth Brethren. So we say that kind of like he invented this, but he did it using theology, right? Using scripture in the same way that Luther used scripture in the 16th century to create things like the priesthood of all believers. And, you know, similar use to set peccator, the at simultaneously sinners and saints. It's stuff from the Bible, but it became a theological concept when Luther kind of wrote it in the 1520s and the 1530s. So the rapture itself is 
biblical, but the word itself is not in the Bible. Uh, And so John Nelson Darby in the 1830s was the first person to kind of create this theology of a rapture. And so what Bible verses did he use? What does the Bible say about this? 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. says, For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. So we will all meet Basically, the church, the Christian church, those who are dead and those who are living, will all meet in the clouds. They'll meet the Lord in the crowd in the clouds at the sound of God's trumpet. Jesus also in Matthew 24, verses 38 to 41, says, For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. So one will be taken and one will be left and they have no idea when it's going to happen. You're going to have two people and boom, all of a sudden there'll be one, right? And so this is where the idea of the rapture comes from, that uh, there, there will be two people, one will disappear. The Christian of the two will disappear and the other one will remain. Okay, now again, this is not, uh, the word rapture is not in the Bible. And this is not something that the early church up until, I mean, up until the early 19th century, that nobody was looking forward to the rapture. Nobody was talking about the rapture. The rapture was something that just didn't exist on the radar of the Christian church. Okay, so in the 1830s, it does. Again, Darby is the one uh, who came up with it. So then we have the tribulation. Then, according to Darby, after the rapture, God would inflict a seven years of tribulation upon the earth while Christians kind of watched from heaven. Well, Christians were not a part of it, uh, and they watched from heaven. So this tribulation, it's, people say, seven years. That's kind of what most scholars think based on the reading of the book of Daniel and some other places, where everyone who is left will experience worldwide hardships, disasters, famine, war, pain, and suffering, which will affect all of creation and precede judgment of the wicked people of the earth, when the second coming takes place. Okay, so we have the rapture and then the tribulation. So what does the Bible say about the tribulation? Again, this is Darby coming up with this in the 1830s. Um, Matthew 24, verse 21. Jesus said, For at that time there will be a great suffering, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no and never will be. So this time of great suffering, the tribulation. Revelation 7 Verses 13 and 14. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are ones who came out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The great ordeal, some translations will translate that as the great tribulation. Uh, the, The Greek word is better translated as ordeal, but so there's, there's the tribulation, the seven years of tribulation. And again, the seven years comes from basically the book of Daniel and some other places. Uh, I can't find, I mean, you got you to gotta do some work to make it work, but okay. And then after that, you have the millennium, the millennium. So what is the millennium? It's a thousand years where Christ, 
and the Father will rule over as a theocracy over the righteous. Where there are, uh, while there are some biblical references to to this uh, throughout the Old and New Testament, there's really only one reference in the Bible to a period lasting for a thousand years, for a millennium, and that's Revelation 20. And so this is like a golden age for a thousand years. It's going to be a theocracy. It's going to be God's kingdom. Everyone is going to do and be you know, in the way that God created us and, and God desires us. And so basically the one place we can go to for this is Revelation 20, verses 1 through 5. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hands the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient ancient serpent, serpent, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and locked and sealed it over him so that he would deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be let out for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and those seated on them were given authority to judge. I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years, and the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. So the millennium is a, it's a thousand years where where Christ will rule and the Father will be there and the church triumphant will be there, uh, that basically those who, they will reign with Christ. Uh, and so it's this thousand-year golden age where the, the will of God is the will of the world. And so the world lives out God's will. Okay, so that's the rapture, the tribulation, and the millennium. That's what uh, the Bible has to say, and these are kind of put together in very commonly uh, as part of end times prophecy. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is to explain in what order these three things are going to happen. Uh, and basically, they're different beliefs, right? And then I will talk about what we as Lutherans believe. And then next week, uh, I'm sorry, next time on Thursday, we will, we will talk about when these things will happen. Okay, so in what order will these three things happen? So uh, there's four thoughts on this. So there's the, the post-tribulational premillennialism is what it's called. Uh, all you have to know is this, that there is going to be a time of tribulation. Jesus is going to come. There's going to be a thousand years, and then there's going to be a final judgment. So there's going to be a time of tribulation where all the bad things are happening. Jesus is going to come, and then there's going to be a last judgment. That's post-tribulational premillennialism. Got that right. Okay. Second one, this is where the rapture comes in. There's going to be pre-tribulational dispensational premillennialism. Premillennialism. Whew, try saying that three times fast. Okay, so basically this is what happens. There is a rapture, which is a second coming for the church for Christians. Then there's a time of tribulation, a seven-year time of tribulation. And then Jesus' second coming for everyone with the church where the church reigns with Christ a thousand years and then the last judgment. So the rapture happens. Christians are gone. Christians are gone. They, they can see the tribulation, but they're not a part of it. They're not a part of all the evil, the bad things, right? Then they come back with Christ after a time of tribulation, seven years. And then for a thousand years, there's a golden age where Christ and, and the Father and the Spirit, they reign. And the, the, the church is a part of that. 
And then a thousand years later, there's a last judgment. Okay. Now there's three different thoughts on this one. There's pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation. So the idea is with pre-tribulation is that the rapture happens before the tribulation. Okay. Mid-tribulation is that Christians are a part of the first half of the tribulation. So if it lasts for seven years, that Christians are part of the tribulation for three and a half years, and then they're raptured, and then they're witnesses to it for the next three and a half. And then there's post-tribulation rapture, which means that there's the tribulation that the Christians are a part of, then the rapture happens at the end, then there's a thousand-year millennium, the last judgment, and then eternity following that. Okay. So there's two is pre-tribulational, dispensational, premillennialism. And then we have three different, the, the pre-tribulational, mid-tribulational, post-tribulational. Okay. Sorry if this is confusing. The third one is the post-millennialism. Uh, so there's basically a millennial, a millennium, sorry, not a millennial, a millennium. Uh, and then the second coming, which is the last judgment. And then there's amillennial, amillennialism, which means that the millennium is symbolic and that we're living in it now. Uh, and then the second coming is the last judgment. Okay, so those are the four things. Whew. Lots of interesting stuff here. Uh, but what do we as Lutherans believe? Lutherans formally reject millennialism in the Augsburg Confession. So Lutherans do not believe in the, in the thousand-year golden age. So it's difficult for me to answer the question, is there free will during the Golden Age? Because Lutherans don't believe in it. Lutherans don't believe that there is a Golden Age. Instead, I'll, I'll tell you what the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod believes. Uh, and I think it's probably very similar to what the ELCA believes. Uh, but I'll, we'll get to what the ELCA believes next. So the, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod believes uh, in what Peter writes in 2 Peter 3, chapter, 10, uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, with sort of persons, what sort of persons ought you to be leading lives of holiness, of godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will be melt with fire. And here we go. Here it is right here, verse 13. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. We wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. And so what Lutherans believe, what the LCMS and I would say what was that when Christ returns, when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation, Christ is going to create a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness is at home. That's what we believe about the end. So uh, that's what the LCMS, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod believes. I would say the ELCA is probably there. But to be more specific about what the ELCA believes, uh, Barbara Rossing wrote an article, I'll post the link here in a minute, uh, where New Testament scholar N.T. Wright writes in Surprised by Hope, uh, Rethinking Heaven, the Resurrection, and the Mission of the Church. What is important is this. This is what is important. The entire sense of God's future for the world and the belief that the future has already begun to come forward to meet us in the present. So this, this idea that at some point fut our future is coming to an end when, and it's going to go away and there's going to be a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. 
Well, we believe that the new, the, the creation, the new creation is already being created, right? It's being created within us, in us, through us, by the church, by God. Uh, and so that future incredible vision of life and heaven is working its way towards us at every minute to meet us in the present. And so we can participate in that, it says, wherever righteousness is at home, according to Second Peter. So Lutherans would say no to the rapture. The rapture is not something that we believe in. Although it is scriptural, uh, it, is, it, is a, it is not something we believe in. Okay, we would say no to the tribulation. We would say no to the tribulation. That's not something we believe in. If you want to talk about the great ordeal, you could say life is the great ordeal, right? That's what you know. If we want to, if we want to say that, if we want to talk about this millennium, well, I mean, the only place in Scripture that mentions a thousand years is Revelation chapter twenty. Jesus never talked about a thousand years, so we're not going to, as Lutherans, we're not going to ascribe to that. We do believe there will be a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness will be at home. When is that going to be? When is that going to be? Well, well, we believe that it's already in the process that that Christ is uh, is through the Spirit creating us and, and through the church uh, that this future is coming to meet us in the present. However, there will be a time when Christ will come and make a new heaven and a new earth and it's a place where righteousness will be at home. So when is that going to be? When is that going to be? Well, that's what we're going to talk about on Thursday. I've got about four pages of stuff to go through on that. When is that going to be? We'll talk about that on Thursday. Uh, so we're going to stop there for today. That's what the rapture, the tribulation, and the great, uh, I'm sorry, the rapture, the tribulation, and the millennium. Uh, it's very it's very popular in our culture, especially in the evangelical side of Christianity. And we're not saying that it's not biblical, but we are saying that uh, to pull it all together uh, is not a step that we're ready to take as Lutherans and mainline denominations. For me, if it's not, if it's something that's with, I mean, something new in the church the last 200 years, if, if Luther wasn't looking forward to the, uh, to the rapture and and you know Luther was 300 years before the rapture so it's not something that that he ever um, you know looked forward to then it's not something that I put a lot of faith in it's not something that I ascribe to so whenever you hear someone talking about the rapture I mean that could be part of their faith and that's okay right and there there is biblical passages that you could that you could have there however as Lutherans we would say no to that we would say no we're not we're not going to, you know, proclaim the, the rapture. It's just not something we're going to do. We are going to, you know, talk about the day of the Lord uh, when Jesus returns, the second coming, where there will be a new heaven and a new earth, where righteousness is at home. But we're not going to talk about the rapture because it's just a newer concept that we just don't uh, don't ascribe to. Okay, so on Thursday we will take a look at when these things will happen, and uh, until then, take good care of yourselves, and I will see you then. And uh, you are in my prayers. Blessings.